Welcome to Multiple Nerdgasm, your destination for all things nerdy. So we're back yet again, and we're short yet another person, but we have a reason for it this time. Yeah, well, well, sort of. It's just the two of us today, mm-hmm. Luke and I, because we're the only ones that went to PAX. Yep. Uh, we wanted to talk about PAX, and we didn't want to bore the others. Well, not that they'd be bored, but they could just listen to the podcast on their own, like the rest of our listeners for this time. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, we were just down in Melbourne for for four or five days, and uh, yeah, we went down to the Australian PAX edition. Yes. Uh, it's the second one we've been to, Luke. I actually got a shock because I know they sold more tickets than they did last year. Right. But it didn't seem as full. Yeah, absolutely. I'll agree with that. Mm. I think one of the reasons might be the new venue. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is now at the Melbourne Convention and Exhibition Centre, um, which is, uh, in my opinion, far superior than the showgrounds. Yes. It's basically like... Uh, it's it's more like the Boston packs. Yeah, everything's in that one place. Yeah, it's easy to find. Yeah, it's just all under the one roof. Um, there's plenty of rooms, plenty of um seating in all the areas. Um, you don't have to walk very far to get from one thing to the other. Uh, I I never found that I was as, I guess, squished in anywhere. Mm. Um. This might actually be my favorite venue out of all of them now. I'm lucky enough that I've been to all... Well, I, sh- I had been to all of the PAXs until they announced PAX South, which hasn't happened yet. But um, yep. I've been to PAX Prime and PAX East and PAX Oz, and I think this the new PAX Oz venue is now my favorite. Um, mm. And it is confirmed as the venue for PAX Oz for the next five years. One thing I'm wondering is if next year they try and sell more tickets. That's probably true. They probably will um, because, yeah, they can. Yep. Well, one thing I noticed is that every single panel I went to, and I'd forget the panel was on, and I'd get there five minutes before it's about to start. Yeah, that's never happened. Always got in. packs before. In fact, there's a you know there's a running joke at conventions in general. If you don't skip the panel before the panel, you won't you won't get to see it. Yep. I just walked into every panel that I wanted to see. Sometimes five minutes late. Mm. There was seating, and the lines were never too long. It was great. Which, don't get me wrong, I love that, and I, I hope it stays like that. But I have a feeling that they're probably going to sell a few more tickets too, and that won't happen again. Yeah. Well, I guess it depends on the capacity of the, the place. Uh, I don't mm. have... I don't think we, could, we couldn't find numbers on how many people attended just yet. Um, I'm sure the information mm. will be available at some point. But if they weren't at capacity then that, that's probably true. If they were, then well, that's awesome. Like, just, just, yeah. keep, let's just keep this going because it's excellent. Another thing about the venue is that it, I felt it's in a, I think it's in a much better p- spot in Melbourne than, than the showgrounds because where, you know, we stayed um, on the same side of the river as, as the exhibition center. And while it does seem to be a bit of an expensive area because it's very... Um, I guess touristy. Um, mm. It's it's very nice and it's very easy to walk from the hotel to the venue, and then you can actually get to the city really, really quickly. Like you just walk over a bridge and up the street, and you're in in Melbourne itself. So it's just yeah, it's just excellent. Yep, just really, really liked everything about it this year, and and I think as a result, we spent a lot more time at PAX than we normally do. Um, 
Yeah, I know definitely last year, I think on the Saturday, I just didn't go at all. This year, I was there every day, and for most of it, I think on the Friday night, I didn't leave there till after 10. Yeah. See, I, I find it can be very draining, um, things like that, um, and especially because, I don't know, I'm a bit of an introvert at times, and when I get to events like that, sometimes, you know, like, I need to take a break. <laughs> constantly trying to move past people and be yeah. in lines and and you yeah. know like and chatting and people because like you know people uh, as Dave has pointed out in the past people are very very keen to to chat mm. so yeah sometimes I need a break but this time uh, I think just because of the, how close it was to to everything in the hotel and that I I spent way more time actually at the event than than I ever have. Mm. With the lines, there's actually a, there's a Twitter account, um, if anybody's not familiar with it, PaxOz underscore lines. We discovered that afterwards, just while we were looking into stuff about the lines, because um, we didn't actually need it this time. But uh, if, if it does get busy next year and people people need to know what's going on the lines, like, for example, they'll tell you if a line is, is too full. For example, uh, I think the only one that got close... And I don't know if they actually hit capacity. Was the um, the final of the Omegathon? Okay, yeah. I, I didn't go to or go to that one. Mm, I didn't either. But I think the only reason that one might have been full is because at that stage, that's the only thing that's on. That's true, and they're closing everything else down. So if you want to, yeah, if you want to do something, that's the thing to do. And, and it's the closing ceremony too. If you want to hold on to your PAX experience that little bit longer, <laughs> yeah. that's where you go. Exactly. Yeah, or you go to a pub and play play more tabletop games. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think in general, this is the best venue, in my opinion. Uh, I think the organization was great. I think the layout was great. Um, it, it just seems more organized and less stressful for someone like me than something like Supernova. I love Supernova, um, but this was just so easy. Like, I never felt like, oh, God, well, I guess I'm not going in that direction because there were too many people mm. or anything like that. It was... Yeah, it's really good. So what were some of your highlights from the weekend? Well, we uh, obviously, uh, being PAX, we attended some of the panels. Mm-hmm. My, I think my favorite panel was um, the Gearbox panel. Um, and it actually got me playing Borderlands 2 again. I was playing a bit <laughs> of that yesterday. Um, they showed us, uh, I mean, some stuff about the Borderlands pre-sequel. That's already out. So, I mean, that wasn't a huge surprise, except they announced... Um, the, the Jack, the handsome Jack, um, character as the first lot of DLC for that. So you'll be able to play as Jack. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, and they showed us some footage of Battleborn, uh, which looks really cool. It kind of looks like, uh, I guess it's, it's Borderlands, but in a very, very different scenario. Yeah, they didn't really show much of that because I think that's still very in the development phase, but did remind me a lot of Borderlands. That's fine with me. I love Borderlands. Um, and this kind of, like I say, it kind of looks like they're just taking everything they learned from Borderlands and, and making the next thing. Um, mm. Which I think is good. I think um, it's ne- not necessarily wise for them to stray too far from that since it's... No. I mean, they're really good at it, so that's fine. Actually, I'm because one thing I heard at that that panel, because I know it's probably been out on the internet, everyone knew about it, but mm. the, the second playthrough of Borderlands a pre-sequel gets narrated by Tiny Tina. Yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, I I didn't know that, so now I want to play through and get to my second playthrough a lot faster now. 
Yeah, well, I've got, I'm going to have to buy the game now. Like I said, I, I was like, ah, I don't feel like playing more Borderlands. And then after I saw the panel, I was like, I'm going to buy that. So, yeah. Uh, oh, and the uh, Tales of Borderlands. Tales of the Borderlands. Um, mm, the new Telltale game. Yeah, we saw some, some footage from that. And um, we heard one of the guys from Telltale talk about it a bit. And then they gave us all a free copy of it. Yep. The full season. Which, when we went to PAX East last year, mm. we should have known that they were going to give something away because they did exactly the same thing at PAX East. I suspected they'd give us something. I thought they'd do what they did last year and give us a character from the Borderlands game. Yeah, I thought we'd be getting Jack. When they announced Jack, Jack I was like, oh, cool, we're getting Jack. That's awesome. And then, But no, they gave us a full game. Yeah, the whole season. So, um, mm. like, man, big thanks to, to Randy and the guy guys from... Gearbox. I know Dave still has a chip on his shoulder for the uh, Colonial Marines incident, but uh, I don't know. In my book, I think Randy's redeemed himself. Yep, I think it might be time to let it go. Randy's given us some stuff. He has. He's making, he's making an effort. Yeah, and he did a great magic trick. A little magic trick. It's probably on YouTube if you want to check it out. Check out uh, Randy Pitchford's magic trick. It was very good. And the girl was mm. uh, entertainingly nervous. <laughs> Which, <laughs> thing. Oh, the hand shaking when she had to try and pick up that cup. Yeah, that was a good panel. I liked that. Um, so now you could talk about Homeworld because I know you're very excited about it. Well, yes, because that's a game that I played through a number of times, the original mm. one, and their Gearbox brought the rights to it. Yeah. And they're, re- they're releasing it soon. Yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see much gameplay. They showed some screenshots. Yeah, and they showed some of the revamped intro sequences and stuff. But. Yeah, which... Uh, the revamp, it was looked cool, but I really wanted to see some gameplay. But the detail on the screenshots looks amazing. Yeah, I mean, we can assume the gameplay is the same, I guess. Mm. I mean, if you've played it, it's just... Yeah, it, it, I'm sure it just looks a lot better. Yeah, which I, I'd be quite happy with that. And I like how games are actually doing that now. Yeah. Just coming back, going, we're going to remake this. We're not going to change anything. We're just going to make it pretty for you, and away you go. Yeah. The other one that I was very excited to see um, was Chris Roberts' panel about um, Star Citizen. and This one both excited me and made me sad. <laughs> Why sad? Well, I'm going to have to buy a new computer now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I want to play this game, and there's no way my computer is going to run it. Yeah, look, I learned a lot about this game that I didn't even know. I knew that it was going to be like freelancer and, and you know, and privateer, but I actually didn't realize the full scope of this thing. And I am going to be amazed if if he can pull this off. Yeah, that that is the other thing. It's either going to be an amazing game with all these different modules where you're playing different games in one game. Yeah, or it's going to be Oh, is this it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I don't know. I I saw um, uh, while I was wandering the show floor on the Sunday. I think on the Saturday night or the Friday night, um, they they released footage of the first person shooter module. I don't know. So I don't know if you saw okay. that. But no, no, I haven't seen that. Okay, they had it out uh, on the like on a screen on the floor. You could look at the footage of it, and I mean, it looks fine. It's a you know, it looks like a first person shooter. Um, but I didn't get to play it, so I don't know how it how it feels. But yeah, it's just so much scope to this thing. It's like so for for the listeners, 
Star Citizen is um, is the new game from Chris Roberts, who is uh, who was a creator of Wing Commander and um, Privateer and Freelancer and all those games. You know the the mm. the kind of um, the most the biggest the s- most popular space games, I suppose. Yeah, and um, so his new game, which uh, is being crowdfunded, I think, to the tune of. Fifty-six million dollars or something. Now he's they've yeah, got, and that's still growing. Yeah, they stuck. I've got to give money to it now. Yeah, well, I haven't backed it yet, and uh, and I mean, they convinced me that that I at least want to check it out because, like I said, it's, it sounds insane. So it's his new game, um, Star Citizen, and basically, it's the premise is that you set it's set in the future, and you've got a ship, and you can go anywhere and do whatever you want, and you can. You can land the ship on a planet and get out of the ship and walk around and do stuff and then, you know, like trade goods or whatever. And then you can get back in, take off, go have a space battle. And then there's modules for all (laughs) aspects of life, I suppose. (laughs) Shooting, flying, you know, the things we do day to day. It just sounds mental. Oh, okay, here's this, because I've just got to go and have a look at the site now, because I'm going to look at um, pledging. It looks like when they made that announcement at PAX, with yeah. that panel, they made an extra half a million dollars that day. <laughs> well, one thing I, I thought that was going to be great is the multiplayer exit um, part of it, where you can actually have four or five people in one ship. Yeah, yeah. That's actually... One person flying, with guns, communication. It just sounds amazing. Yeah, man, like the scope. Oh, man. It just sounds like the ultimate game. Uh, well, I mean, space game. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but like, a lot of extra. Like you can you can play the way you want to play. You can just have a job where you courier stuff. But the other thing is as well, which the, I was talking to a guy down on the um from at the booth, and he um mm. uh, he talked a lot <laughs> um, <laughs> to the point where I was like, okay, stop talking. I'm going to give you money. Just stop talking. Um, <laughs> But he was telling me that um, you have to, like, the tier that you support the game at uh, affects the ship that you get. Like, you can pay more to get a, a better ship. Um, but he said that's all achievable in-game as well. Mm. But you you can pay money to get more, I guess, better ships and all that kind of stuff as well. So they're kind of, I think, going to make more money <laughs> of people that way as well. Mm. Like, well, I was having a look at game packages just now, and mm. the starter ship I think comes at about forty-five dollars. Right. What's the starter ship called? Uh, what's it called? He. It is called the Aurora MR. Yeah, that's the one he said that you could just get, and you'd be able to use in game to get everything else. Like, you don't have to yeah. spend a whole lot of money if you don't want to. You just have to play the game more. There is one called the Completionist, which is fifteen thousand dollars. Jesus Christ! They're out of stock. That means people have purchased it. That's insane. Yeah. Or no, that sorry, that just includes every single ship. Right. But yeah, that means that people have purchased fifteen thousand dollars. So I know why they're making so much money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We actually. Um. I was a bit a bit sad because we passed Chris Roberts. Uh, on mm. on the floor at one point. I made eye contact. I said hi. Yeah, uh, he looked dishevelled and in a hurry. Yep. So uh, unfortunately, we didn't get to chat. <laughs> no. 
Yeah, and I, I don't like being that person that does when you see someone on the floor. No. I like being that person that stops and has that awkward conversation with them. Yeah, unless I've got something very important or interesting to say. Mm. I don't... Because um... odds are they're only down there because they're going somewhere and they've got something to do. Oh, yeah. And he looked like he was in a hurry. So I didn't want yeah. to be like, oh, Chris, 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 Chris. Because we're on a first name basis now. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So Star Citizen, man. Check that out. If you're into space games, it looks fucking awesome. Well, from what I was being told, because I think I was at that same booth you were talking to that guy. I think I was talking to the girl down there because, mm. yeah, she would not stop talking either. And she was saying, like, <laughs> they're probably two years away from a full-on release for this game. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, so, I'd be surprised if they weren't at least that far and, away. And Chris has sort of said high-end spec PCs today will mm. be the minimum that you'll need when the game comes out. Right. So I don't think it's... I'm not running out to buy a new PC now. Mm. I might hold off for a bit so I can play it the way it deserves to be played. Yep, probably wise. And I really hope it's good. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> yeah, and if it's a flop, it'll be so disappointing. But I mean, yeah. the thing is they've got, because it's crowdfunded, the, the, the uh, I guess, audience is, uh, audience, the, you know, the, the uh, customer <laughs> is involved in the creation. You know, they're, they're, mm got people beta testing and people suggesting things and it'll be interesting to see whether that helps or makes it a big pile of shit yeah you know because sometimes that can be a problem you know like too many cooks spoil the broth yeah the internet is very good at ruining things well not just the internet i work in development uh not not games but i work in software development and if you took all the feedback from all of your customers and tried to implement all of it it would be shit. Like, <laughs> you can't do that. So, it'll be interesting to see how it works. Um, so, uh, other panels, uh, Penny Arcade panels, were funny and entertaining as always. I went to the two Q&As uh, and the Make a Strip panel, just because I find those guys entertaining. Um, I've been a fan of Penny Arcade for a very, very long time now. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so they make me laugh and uh, that was interesting. Um, one of the things about this PAX that I noticed, uh, I don't know whether I was just looking for it more because of you know recent events online, um, I noticed that diversity is a big theme lately mm-hmm. um, in the panels and at PAX itself. Um, I don't, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be that guy, and and I'm not complaining about it or anything like that. I'm, I'm it's great that they're trying to include everybody. Um, uh, although I do feel like sometimes people are stretching to prove that they weren't included and they've, we've got panels for things that, that I didn't realize were even a concern, like, um, are there fake geeks and things like that? I don't know why we need a panel about that. Who gives a shit? Like if people want to, want to participate in our hobby, then let them. That's the thing. I don't know how they can be fake. They show an interest and they're trying to take part in it. Yeah, I don't know. It's just I thought that was a weird topic for a panel. Um, obviously, there were ones about um, girls in gaming, which is kind of a hot topic at the moment, given things online. And uh, Anita Sarkeesian was on Stephen Colbert recently, and things like that. So that's all a hot topic at the moment. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I, I think the panel was actually whether playing a male or female character. Well, playing a female character, does it make the game different? I think that was 
that was the t- I didn't actually go to the panel. I'm going to be honest because, <laughs> because no, no, no. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm fuck it. I'm going to be honest. That doesn't interest me. Like, I'm not. I'm not a female, um, and I don't play as females in games. I know you guys do. <laughs> I do. Yeah, maybe that would have appealed to you more. But I think I'm, I'm pretty sure the premise of the panel was stuff like, uh, like in Mass Effect, if you play as Femship, the the animations and things are kind of the same. So she looks a bit butch. Um, I think it's stuff like that, which is legitimate, I guess. If you want to, you know, make a female character, then go all in and and make them female. But I know I didn't feel the need to go to a panel on it. I think a lot of it might be to do with. Well, I'm sure a, a fair bit of it is to do with um, Mike from Penny Arcade's issues online, where he's uh, said some stuff that was offensive <laughs> because. Um, I guess he's just a guy like us. And I know, I mean, this is not an excuse, but we grew up in an area where it was not uncommon for us to be um, bombarded with, I guess, kind of homophobic and, and, and uh, I don't know. We're just exposed to that stuff a lot when we were kids. Like, you know, we got teased about that kind of stuff. So it's just, it's just become like a joke. So, and I think he, He's probably very similar, and and so he said made some stupid jokes and stuff online, and he's gotten in all the trouble, and they've created all this diversity stuff to to combat that. I think, um, so it's good they have a diversity room there as well, um, which again I didn't go to because I'm not I'm not part of a group that's misrepresented. So, um, like I said that didn't appeal to me, but uh, I think it's I think it's good if it makes people feel more welcome at PAX and in gaming in general. I think it's great, like. I'm not like like I said. Despite what I said before, you know, like we make sh- we make shitty jokes sometimes, and we joke about things that we probably shouldn't. Um, but I don't. I would never want to exclude anybody. Everybody come along to Pax. Pax is great. We don't. Yeah, yeah. Listeners, if you're <laughs> if you're from some minority, like we welcome you. You know, we might make a silly joke every now and then, but there's nothing don't. behind it. No, there's nothing there. It's just like I said. We we dealt with some dumb people when we were young and it's made our sense of humor a bit strange mm. <laughs> I think it's really really all it is so the other good thing that happens when you go to these things is you see a lot of indie games mm-hmm. did you play any i did i did i played a bunch uh cool i love checking out the um the indie games uh there are a lot this year compared to last year actually mm. last year i recall i mean unless i missed something there was a small indie game section. This year, it was huge. Mm. So, um, one of the games we played a little, or quite a bit of, was Hyper Death Robot Party, uh, which I really enjoyed. Um, mm. uh, you played that with us, right? Yeah, I did enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. So, that's like a little arena robot fighting thing where you... Uh, it's kind of... Every, there's four people on, on the one screen, and you have to basically shoot each other or shoot other robots um yeah it's a cool little arcade style shooter game mm-hmm. i think you'll find that uh i won um those games that's and probably then, true i suppose mm-hmm. and then when we had the team games um mm. it was me and jenna who would win. <laughs> probably yeah well i'm gonna blame the guy from smg studios for that then because we the, the, the guy who made the game the guy who made the game yeah <laughs> we'll blame him he's yep. on my team so yeah uh, you played a fish game? I played a game called Tasty Fish. It's 
<laughs> it's actually a game that's been out on mobile devices for a while. Yeah. But um, they, they're trying to develop a version of it to be on the Xbox One using the Kinect. Right. And they were just there testing it out with the crowd to see if it was worth their time to maybe try and sell it. I see. On, on the Xbox One. Um, I thought it was a very fun game. Yeah, and it may also help that they had a pri- they had a competition. The highest score at the end of the day won a headset, right? And I sort of won that. <laughs> there right. might be a little bias to why I think the game's good since I won, but yeah. So you're, no, you're now actually, you're now obliged to enjoy that game, I think. Yeah, well, I actually now downloaded the mobile version of it. Okay, and I'm actually do hoping they release it on the Xbox One because I will probably pick it up. Mm. All right, so that's tasty fish. Mm. What do you, what do you do in this game? Because I saw you playing it, but I'm not quite sure I understand it. You there's a school of fish that you need to keep alive, pretty much. You right. need there's fishermen that are trying to catch them. There are sharks trying to eat them, and crabs as well. Right. And you just swim around, and you can get pick up bubbles to try and increase your score. But the whole idea is just to stay alive. Okay. It's like life, really. Yeah. All right. I think they've captured that very well in the game. The struggle between life and death. Yes. For, for a fish. Yep. All right. Or school fish. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one more line. We played again. Um, we played that at EB Expo. Uh, that's a fun mobile game. I don't know if that's out yet. I probably should have checked that, but I didn't. Um, but that's a fun game that's on um, iOS and Android, I believe, uh, where you, you're you a, a, a shape <laughs> shooting up a, a, a track and you have to try and dodge obstacles um, by spinning around them, uh, you know I've, it's very difficult to explain now that I'm attempting to do so. Um, so it might be easier if you just Google one more line and uh, and have a look at a video of the game. It's very fun and addictive. Um, uh, and if you get a chance to play it at an event, they usually have a competition to see who can get the highest score because um, it's actually quite difficult. So check that out. Um, also played a game called Interchained. By Featherweight Games, which is, um, I think that was next to your Tasty Fish game. Oh, yes, it would have been, yeah. Another one. I didn't play that one. Okay, well, it was pretty fun, actually. Too busy with fish. Yeah, obviously. You know. In Entertained, you play a gladiator. Well, you, you and your friends play as gladiators. Uh, I only played it at two player. I'm not sure if you can play more than two or less than two. Um, but you are chained together in a gladiatorial arena. And in increasing waves of difficulty of enemies come at you in the arena and you have to de- try and defeat them. Um, but because you're chained together, you have to work together to to fight them. And there are some of them you have to trip over with the chain before you can bash them to death. And uh, it's very, very violent and bloody and um, uh, and, f- and fun. <laughs> yep. So um, check that out. I think that's on Xbox Live already. I believe that's already out. Um, and it's probably on Steam as well. That's by Featherweight Games. That was fun. Um, and the one other game that I wanted to mention was um, Metal Dead 2, which is uh, a game by Walkthrough Walls Studios. It's like an adventure game set in a heavy metal um, environment where you're... I, I can't, I'm not sure what the main character's story is he seems to be some kind of heavy metal fan or a guy in a metal band but it's it's like a kind of um gory horror heavy metal themed point and click adventure game like the old lucasarts games um but with a kind of 
horror um, heavy metal theme. So, uh, and, a, and a very, very heavy soundtrack and some dark humor. So, uh, and they were handing out free copies of the first game, uh, Metal Dead, uh, for people who played the demo of two. So, uh, I'll play through the first one at some point and uh, maybe we'll talk about it on the podcast at some point in future. <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was cool. There was one called Scream Ride. I think it was. It's coming out in the Xbox One, so I, th- I think it's part of their ID. Or it might actually be mainstream. Yeah, right. I don't know. It's a roller coaster game where you try and keep your people alive because you've got boosters on the roller coaster. <laughs> right. So you can't take corners too fast. It was just a fun, quick game, and I'm looking forward to that coming out next year. There's a lot of the games there that I didn't realize, even at the Xbox area, that weren't released yet. Right, okay. And just a lot of indie games, which I think, I don't know, I think Xbox is being, a, Microsoft is being a lot nicer to indie developers now. Yeah, that does seem to be a theme. Yeah, because I know a lot of the games with gold, they're all, a lot of them are just indie games that they're releasing, so. Yeah, Microsoft has copped a lot of flack in the past about their, um, I guess just the way they handle indie games and things like that. And like, you know, mm, like Phil like, Fish complained a lot about them um, with fairs. And uh, the, I, I can't remember if the Super Meat Boy guys complained about them, but it just, it was kind of a bit obvious in Indie Game, the movie that they had some issues with them. Mm. So um, I think a lot of it also came down to like game, indie games weren't getting fixed because they'd need to pay Microsoft to release a patch. That's right, yeah, it's very expensive, mm. like like ten thousand dollars or something a patch, something silly like mm. that. So, um, yeah, hopefully they resolved a few of those things. Yeah. Hi, this is Matt, and I'm interrupting the show briefly to tell you how you can get in touch with us. If you're on Twitter, then so are we at mnerdgasm. If you prefer Facebook, we're on there as well. Just search for Multiple Nerdgasm. Same goes for Google Plus. If anybody's on there, anybody? No. All right, moving on. Uh, email us podcast at multiplenerdgasm.com. Of course, the website is multiplenerdgasm.com. Um, and you should subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, uh, we're on Stitcher, Double Twist, uh, the Windows Podcast Store, whatever your favorite podcatching software, device, phone thing is, um, we're on it. Uh, if we're not on it for some reason and you've searched for us, please let us know and we'll attempt to get on it. If you enjoy the show, um, please consider leaving a review or a five-star thingy on iTunes or wherever else um, for us because that really does help us out. Thank you and back to whatever hilarious thing we were just about to discuss. Dave, wait, Dave wasn't on this week. Shit. So, did you see any of the mainstream games? Well, there was one that I wanted to see, and I'm a bit annoyed that I didn't, simply due to my own stupidity. Um, I know the one you're talking about, and I'm happy I didn't see it. Yeah, I can see that argument as well. Um, we're, We're talking about Dragon Age 3 Inquisition. Um, there was a big banner for it in the, in the entryway, and I was like, oh, cool, um, maybe it'll be here, and I didn't see it anywhere on the show floor, and I was like, oh, okay, I guess it's like EB Expo, they didn't have it because it comes out too soon. Didn't even really think about it that much for the rest of the, sh- the time until on the last day, a couple of hours before the end of PAX, we bumped into some friends, and I said, oh, I was a bit disappointed that Dragon Age wasn't here, and they said, oh, actually, it's, uh, it's upstairs over there. 
And I was like, <laughs> what? So we went over upstairs uh, to this area that I just, for some reason, hadn't gone to. And uh, yeah, and apparently it was there. Um, but they'd already shut the line down because there were too many people. So I didn't get to see it. Yeah, um, I'm happy I don't see games like that that I know that I really want to experience the story myself. So I try mm. to stay away from them. Right. Because I, unf- I sort of knew it was there and right. forgot to mention it to you. So uh, <laughs> sorry about right. that. Well, we'll discuss this later. Yeah. This failure of yours. Mm-hmm. Um, I managed to play a bit of Halo. Oh, did you? The Halo Two. Yeah. Well, it's the the Master Chief Collection because it's all four of the Halo games. Oh, We're is it? We're playing multiplayer on a Halo Two map. And I didn't even know that. I'm still good at it. It was a multiplayer game, free for all, and I came first. Going back and playing an old Halo game is very hard sometimes because I'm so used mm. to be able to run. You can't run in them? It's like, no, you, in the original Halo games, Halo 1 and 2, you weren't able to run. Right. Interesting. And so there are all these times where I'm going to, yep, I'm just going to run over here. And, no, this is, my, this is the speed I go. Can you run and in the more was, recent ones? Yes. Right, okay. There's a sprint function. The sprint function, I think, came in with Halo Reach, and then it's gone into all the other games, or Halo 4. But yeah, 1 and 2 definitely cannot run. Interesting. I don't even remember that. I didn't... I played through both of them. I just don't remember that. Oh, and 3. I played through 3 as well. Yeah, so that was interesting. Hmm. So I'm looking... That comes out next week. Right. I think on Monday. You're going to buy it? You, It's worth it to you? Oh, yeah, I was definitely going to buy it no matter what. Okay. Just so I can play through play through the story again. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, not going to surprise anybody. I'm going to skip that one. <laughs> mm. Just because I'm not really into Halo at all. Um, I also played some Sunset Overdrive. Oh, did you? I don't know about that game. Yeah, it doesn't interest me. It was very busy. Maybe I'm missing something, but it just doesn't seem like it's for me, that game. I don't quite understand what it is, but uh, it seems it's like a third-person shooter, right? Sort of. Yeah. But yeah. it's a very... There's a lot of... It looks like a cross between like a Grand Theft Auto and Mirror's Edge. Yeah. With all your jumping around, grinding and all this stuff. But no, I just, I, I played it and, I don't know, it just didn't control that well for me. Yeah, right. I had a lot of trouble trying to jump and grind. Maybe it's just, you need a bit of practice with it and a bit more time than the minute I got to play with it. But, I don't know, I think I might give it a skip. Uh, no, that's a lie. I'll probably pick it up today. But. <laughs> today? <laughs> Jesus. You're the king of the flip-flop. Yeah, I don't mean I don't mean thongs. I mean no, I can't yeah. wear them. No, why not? No, uh, it's really hard to walk with a limp with thongs. Ah, oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Maybe there's a Kickstarter there for some um, cripple thongs. They're just called sandals. You're a genius. We're gonna we're gonna kickstart. This is gonna be our next Kickstarter. <laughs> sandals. I like the name. I yep. can't believe no one's thought of this before. I know, it's crazy. Hmm. Um, 
Ubisoft was there. Uh, they had Just Dance, the crew, was the, the Assassin's Creeds of various types, and uh, Far Cry 4. Uh, I didn't bother checking any of that stuff out. It was at EB Expo. and well, Just Dance, it's a dance game, and I yeah. can't dance, so um, the crew... <laughs> Um, I skipped playing it there because I'm actually in the closed beta for it. Oh, okay. So I'll be playing it very shortly. So I thought instead of playing one race for a couple of minutes, I can sit at home and play it myself. Right. Assassin's Creed, they're all the same. Yeah, I've played that before. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I will get the new Assassin's Creed because I do enjoy it, but hmm. I don't see the point of lining up for half an hour to play something that's the same as i played before. Yeah. But as I said, I do enjoy the Assassin's Creed series, and I will be picking it up. Okay. Yeah, I I, I bought four. I haven't even played it. Like, I literally at all haven't played it. It's, I've got it for the Xbox One. Um, mm. In fact, I just remembered that I have it. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, I own it on the 360 and the Xbox One. Jesus Christ, Luke. Is that so you can get I, double I, achievements? I, yes. Fuck me. All right, uh, and Far Cry Four as well. I didn't bother playing. I enjoyed Far Cry Three. I assume it's the same game, just with better graphics and a bit, bit of extra stuff. So I think it's uh, going to be a little bit more over the top. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to play it. I don't. I have very limited time to play games, and I think I'm going to skip that one. So I didn't bother yep. checking it out. Um, so I mean, which I guess is is a kind of a weird decision to make when I don't know whether I even want to play it or not. But I yeah, know, I just. I saw it being played at EB Expo, uh, and it looked very similar to to three. So um, I actually really enjoyed three, but I never finished it. So mm. no, I, I enjoyed three. I'm looking forward to four. Yeah. Um. So did you get your cheer on for LOL? Yeah. I don't understand. I, I just don't that that I don't area get League of Legends. That area of packs. <laughs> always just gets so crowded and intense and people are cheering and yelling and I'm like, I don't know, man. It's like, I guess it's the sport. It, it's the it's the major game, video gaming sport now, is it? League of Legends? Like, it seems uh, to be. Uh, I guess it is. I, I, I don't know. I'm not really into the whole like, competitive side. They have, side the, like they have their own pavilion at EB Expo, like a whole separate room for League of Legends now. And... And like I said, that area of packs, actually, I said before that it wasn't crowded. That is the one spot that was crowded, but yeah. I... And, that like takes I said, up, and I, that's a huge space on that showroom floor. Yeah. It's not like it's, it's tucked like, away in a corner. It is huge. Yeah. And they're, all, like, they're constantly like they're playing people's theme songs and, and like they've got these... As far as I can tell, it's like it's like the WWE of, of video games. It's like, mm. it's like this intense sporting event. Because yeah, the, the, they've got the commentators and they'll do interviews with the players. And yeah. I'm just, I played the game once and I went, I don't get it. Yeah, I've I've tried to play it once and it just, like I said, didn't interest me. <laughs> so, I don't know. I feel like I'm missing out maybe. Like, this is the, this is where our, our kind of hobby is going to become, a, a, you know, like a big thing. And I'm missing out on it because... I just don't understand the one game. So well, I don't. I never really understood StarCraft either. Like that was the one that was kind of the big esport that I was aware I'm of. Still before. yet to play a StarCraft game. Yeah, so I don't like RTS games. So mm. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, League I of Legends. I don't like playing uh, them. 
I don't like playing the multiplayer. Right. The single player is fun, but then there are times when I'll go in and play multiplayer, and then it's just I get demolished in minutes, and I they've built this huge base and all this stuff, and I've built one little thing to go collect money. See, I always barracks. I always say I'm terrible at them, but I think the problem, the reason I'm terrible at them is because I never play them. So mm. I think if I, I'm sure if I played it more than once every two years, I'd be a little better at them, but. Yeah, so no, I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't get too into the uh, the lol beaver no. at PAX, but yeah, people certainly were. Um, I don't know if they're people who. I wonder if they're people who actually follow it outside, or if they're just there because it's all the bright lights and the cheering and the. Yeah, I, well, yeah, maybe it's a bit of that crowd mentality. People are getting into mm. it, but but whatever. I mean, if it if it gets it successful, it's fine. I got no issues with it. It just doesn't. No, <laughs> you know, they can have their massive <laughs> percentage of the show floor at, at the conventions. I think it's I think it's great. I think you know, the more the merrier. Uh Nintendo booth that we checked out because we actually got a Wii U from Ubisoft at EB Expo, so that uh that was very exciting and we actually it, they shipped it uh, and delivered it while we were away. So we knew that it was going to be here when we got back. So we were checking out all the Nintendo games. Um, there wasn't a whole lot there that that interested us. Everyone was playing <laughs> Everyone was playing Super Smash Brothers. Uh, Super Smash Brothers is another one that I just don't get. No. Um, I've played it a, quite a bit. I played it quite a lot um, drunk at Mana Bar at various times. Um, yep. And that was fun. But I don't. I don't know that I would ever play it. I don't know if I'd ever want you know, to own it. No, exactly. I think it's the kind of thing that, yeah, I'm sure I'll I'll play that with you, you know, at an event mm. or whatever, like all for fun. But yeah. I don't, I'm not going to buy it. Um, like, uh, and there's so many other great games on the the Wii U. Uh, surprisingly, um, so many. When I know we've kind of bagged the console out in the past, but um, I'll continue to bag this console out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about the Wii U more next week, I think, when the other guys are here, because I'm sure Dave yeah. is going to have some stuff to say. But um, yep. one game that I played that was really cool was Stealth Inc. 2. Um, I played through the demo missions for that. Uh, it's kind of a platformer strategy game where you play as a little clone and you have to try and survive a maze. And it's got, um, you know, like uh, you can see when something, when you when you enter a room, you can tell if something bad's going to happen generally because there's blood everywhere. And so where the where the blood uh, <laughs> is mostly present, you can assume that when you step there, something bad will happen. So and this can't... is a Nintendo game. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty interesting. So I don't understand well, them. I don't think they made the game, but it's 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 on the Wii U. Uh, and the other game that actually looks really cool is um, Captain Toad's Adventures, which is that a... sounds disgusting. <laughs> it's a mini game in. Um... Super Mario 3D World, uh, and basically you play as Captain Toad, uh, and he has adventures where you got to kind of collect treasure, and it's kind of the gameplay reminds me a little bit of Fez, like you have to um, rotate the map with the bumpers and kind of make your way through this 3D world, um, dodging enemies and solving puzzles and collecting treasure and stuff. Uh, it it looks really fun. So. Uh, I don't know. I enjoyed the the few levels that I played of it, so I'll probably yep. probably get that one. 
looks pretty fun. So I think that's all the mainstream um, games that I that I had checked out. Yeah, I think that was everything for me as well. Um, okay. uh, what else did we do? I tried to go in a couple of tournaments. Yes, tabletop. Oh no, you and console tournaments too. Yep. Uh, did not go well. They were Xbox One tournaments, so I was trying to go in a Forza Five and a Titanfall tournament. Right. But to play these, you actually need to be online. Right. Why was that a problem? Because, uh, and they didn't have a really good internet connection. Oh, uh, ah, that's an oversight. So it was enough that, because Xbox Live always has to be connected. Yeah. It was enough that, that it could handle that. It was okay mm. for that. It could connect. It could read profiles and all of that. It could display ads. But to play online, there was just not enough connection at the convention center. Wow. So that was two tournaments that I went to go. The only two computer game tournaments, yeah. Oh, well. So they, so they, the Xbox One doesn't really have any, like, local co- lo- local play? No, everything has to go through Xbox Live. It's not like, but I think that's the same with all consoles these days, isn't it? Uh, it might There's, be. That's that's interesting, though. Mm. I, didn't, I didn't realize that. Because, yeah, when was the last time you even thought about just going playing a console over a LAN just for multiplayer. Well, I mean, uh, to be honest, I, we probably would if we had more than one Xbox One. We've only got the one in the house. But if we had two, then I would definitely consider that. Oh, yeah. Uh, one other thing that I wanted to talk about that we, that we checked out was the... Um, it's called the Australian STEM Video Game Challenge. What's uh, that? It is... It, it's games made by high school students. Um... Uh, they, I guess, compete to to have their game um, shown at PAX, and mm. uh, it's it's actually really cool. We uh we we checked out a few of the games that they had there. One of them was actually by an autistic kid, um, and it was um it made in Unity, and you can constr- It's it's kind of like a building game where it's basically Lego, where you can construct um worlds. Uh, he actually had his demo world. Apparently, is uh, is a recreation of his hospital that he, oh. that he usually spends time at. Um, except the guy admitted that um, the reason we couldn't see that was that they accidentally deleted it um, before we got there at some point. So, oh. unfortunately, we didn't get to see the demo world, but we got to see um, the game itself, which was pretty impressive. We did get to play a game called... Uh, you know what? I don't know what the name of it is. And <laughs> No, we di- I did try to find out, but they... Um, they do a very good job of advertising the challenge itself. Like, if you go online and look up Australian STEM Video Game Challenge, you can see uh, a lot of information about it. What they haven't done a very good job of is is letting you know what the name of the freaking games are. Like, I can't find that information anywhere. Um, it was something to do with portals, and we met the kid. The, the kid was there, the guy who made it. Um, and i got to say, it was a really cool game. It was really impressive. Like, it had a lot of puzzles to do with portals and switches and... Um, there were like a section where if you walk through a barrier, the the world the colors invert and the map changes slightly. So you have to solve a lot of puzzles like that. It was really impressive. Um, so I don't know. It just seems really cool. And I wish we had stuff like this when I was in school because um, I don't know. I reckon I'd be making video games now if if we did. I'm just thinking it might be the reason why they worked. You're know, having trouble finding games because if it is a challenge and it's still going on. Then oh, well, that c- could 
be, I suppose. But they just sort of picked a select few just to take, just to show it off, but they don't want to announce winners or anything yet. Maybe, I'm just guessing. Well, it was called something like Portals, Switches and Levers or something like that, and it, it was it's made in um, Game Maker. But yeah, but like I said, it was pretty impressive, and it had a little story to go with it too, a very Lovecraftian-style story, and um, I think they were a bit surprised that I played it for as long as I did. The guy kept coming, like, kept coming back and going, oh, you're still going? I'm like, yeah, I want to finish it. <laughs> no, it was really good, and some of the puzzles were really, really cool. Like, it's better than some, I've got to say, some other games that I played at PAX that weren't made by high school students. So, so yeah, thumbs up on that one. And, yeah, thumbs up on the project, too. It seems like a really cool thing that they're doing. <laughs> oh, here's one thing we should have mentioned, being PAX. They've released the Australian version of Cards Against Humanity. Oh, yeah, they did. They did, and we got that. We got that. And we got a really good price for it. Yeah, compared to having to buy it overseas. Mm. Um, yeah, they had a big booth at uh, at the show, and with the, and they had um, American marching band and some other cool stuff. It was yep. pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's the same game, but uh, you know, slightly different. But that's fine. It's a good game. I'm, I'm happy it's now available to purchase in Australia, not just a printable version. Yeah, yeah, we deserve but- it. It now means that between us, we own four copies of the game. Yeah, that's true. Because I believe you have the US and the Australian version, and I have the UK and the Australian version. Right, okay. Where'd you get the UK one? I just picked up the shop in Canberra. Oh, like they got it imported? Yeah. <laughs> cool. So, uh, yeah, I'm interested to try and get the Australian one out to see what they think is Australian. Yeah. Yeah, we had a quick look at it. It's basically the same um, with some more... <laughs> Australian in jokes. Yeah, that'll be ninety percent of the game will still be exactly the same because they're just words. But at least we'll be able to get the ones, some of the American ones which you read, and you sort of I don't know who that is. Yeah. Did you play any tabletop games? Yeah, I did. I didn't. Um, I didn't do a huge amount just because uh, there were so many other things going on. Um, <laughs> I we played a bit of that fish floopin frickadellen game which I think is a Dutch game. Mm. Um, that was actually pretty fun. Uh, but we had to leave to go play in what I thought was a Munchkin tournament, which just turned out to be teach, teach other people to play Munchkin, <laughs> which was which was also fine. It was still fun. It was just, yeah. I thought it was a tournament. Mm. But um, they, they weren't very clear because they were events and then there were tournaments. Yeah. yeah look, it, it was fine. I wasn't that upset about it. It was just a bit confusing. I think at um, one stage, me and Hanno played uh, Kings of Tokyo. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was a really fun game, so we went to go and try and buy it. Couldn't find Tokyo, but we found King of New York, so we picked that one up. Okay, cool. Because evidently that's the successor to it, so takes what it learnt from the first one and sort of makes improvements and adds a few more mechanics to it. Cool. One game I did play on the Friday night was Thorn Watch. Hmm. I'm a bit, I'm a bit jealous about that. Mm, that was uh, quite an interesting game, and I think it'll be a game that you will enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it went for about two and a half hours, I think we were playing it for, and the, our party, the one, our team playing it, were probably the worst group of people that have <laughs> ever played it. Right. We set a new record. That's pretty cool. There's... um. You get wounds in the game, so if you take a hit, you get wounds, and if you get so many wounds, you die. Right. 
Um, and it's a bit of a deck building game. So you put the wounds into your deck, you draw from your deck. If you get five wounds in your hand, you're dead. Right, okay. We had to borrow another table's deck of wounds to put into our decks because we were getting hit so much. <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah, I think the old record used to be 32. One person got 32 wounds. Yeah. I got 32 wounds. Another party in the party got 37. Wow. And I think all up we had 110, 117 or something. Something ridiculous. So you guys suck. We suck. <laughs> yeah, well, this guy, this game is made by um, Mike from Penny Arcade. Yep. So I got to meet him. Yep. Have a bit of a chat to him about what we thought about it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was, I'm looking forward to a few things. It just seemed that it was really hard to lose the game. Right, okay. So we're hoping that once it goes down a bit further, maybe it'll be a few changes. But yeah, I think it's a really fun game. And it's a good introduction for people who maybe want to tr- give Dungeons & Dragons a t- try, but don't want to get too involved. It's very, very simple mechanics. Right, okay. And I think you would make a good GM. Oh, yeah? For the game. I think you would enjoy that, where you get to be the monsters. Oh, yeah, I probably would enjoy that. Yeah, I think that's you. <laughs> well, when they release it, I'm not sure when it's actually getting released. Um, mm-hmm. They're just playtesting it at this point. Yeah. But uh, I'm definitely going to check it out because, like I said, I'm a big fan of those guys and uh, it looks really cool anyway. So, Yeah. And the last thing I wanted to mention, I guess, uh, for myself is I was a bit disappointed at the lack of cosplay, especially considering Friday was Halloween. Mm. Um, Jenna and I dressed up uh, on the Friday because, like, for that reason, it was Halloween and we wanted to um, kind of participate. And when we got there, it didn't seem like... Didn't seem like anyone else was uh, was in on it, so I found that a bit disappointing. There were over the weekend more, I believe. Like on the Saturday and Sunday, I thought there were more people. There wasn't a lot. No, and it was all kind of League of Legends, or uh, from what I've under- from what I've heard, a lot of the stuff that I don't know what it is is probably from Attack on Titan or some. I don't know. It's all from anime shows that I don't watch. I think so. I don't know. I just thought there'd be more Halloween stuff. Yeah, especially considering you know they these guys brought brought the convention here from America. They put it on Halloween, and then they said that's because they wanted to bring Halloween to Australia. And then there just wasn't really anything Halloween themed. No, and like you said, nothing. You ended up playing Thornwatch that evening with with the with Mike and uh, and I know uh, Jamie from Pink Arcade was there as well. And you know they didn't. Didn't seem to do anything Halloween related, so. No. Actually, I'm not sure if it'll still be the same weekend next year. Uh, I'm kind of hoping it's not. Just with Melbourne Cup. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping it's not, to be honest. Because I really think that probably increased the price of accommodation and things like that, just at being. And air- airfare. Actually, that's a really good point. That's a really good point, yeah. So. Yeah. But no, I'll definitely be buying tickets for next year the second they're announced. Cool. And yeah, again. Um, I think the new venue is great. I think uh, it really feels like uh, one of the US ones now. Like, um, I've, like the first one I went to, I really enjoyed. And then we went to Boston. I liked it even more. I thought that was that was the best um, of the lot. I thought the PAX I was last year was great, but it wasn't the same. You know what I mean? Mm. It didn't feel the same as a as one of the others. Um, but this year really did. It just yep. 
so I think they've uh, they've managed to to replicate it here in Australia now. Uh, and not only that, I think the location where it's at now has a lot of stuff that um, I don't know whether just Melbourne gets more of this stuff, but there's like a, a TGI Fridays and there's um, oh H and M, there's H and M down there. There's a lot of stuff that that uh, we don't have in Sydney, and mm. it just made it feel more like I was kind of visiting overseas or something. It was yeah, it was pretty cool. Yep, it was a it was a trip away. It was different. Yeah, exactly. It didn't feel like I was just going to supernova or something. Mm. So, hmm. anyway, yeah, big thumbs up for me for for Paxos this year. I thought it was fucking excellent. I really yeah. enjoyed myself and uh, looking forward to the next one. Yep, and I think that does it for our Pax special. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. Uh, sorry, the other guys couldn't be here. Um, we'll be back to normal. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping next week. That's all for this week. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the show. If you enjoyed it, then please subscribe and iTunes to receive episodes automatically. We'll see you next time.